Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Gigabit Nation, Broadband Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to thank everyone for taking time to be with us today as we provide useful information and insights to help public, private, and nonprofit organizations get more, better broadband everywhere it needs to be in the U.S. Um, on Monday, if y'all turn, uh, tune into the show on Monday, we talked about crowdfunding as a, call it, new fashion trend to uh, find money uh, and financing for broadband infrastructure build-outs, which are a big deal for all of us who are involved in, in trying to move broadband forward, the, the issue of how do we pay for these networks. And uh, today we're going to go for a more old-fashioned, traditional what about banks and traditional uh, financial institutions? Um, I, I came up on this idea that um, you know maybe we should consider it uh, because I, I did a recent survey of folks talking about the, broad, the impact of broadband and economic development, and in one of the questions addressed this issue of um, financing, and it turned out that uh, a lot of folks had a feeling that traditional financing, traditional banks uh, might actually work uh, funding broadband uh, projects, even though there has been a lot of folks saying, well, because of the fiber optics bust of the late 90s and the early millennia, that people were too skittish on those. And so I said, well, maybe not. So today, uh, I guess I have on our show is Aaron Godal, who is with um, Stern Brothers, and I met him actually at the uh, conference in Kansas City last week where he was laying out a game plan for how uh, communities and private entities can work together and lay out a strategy for approaching uh, banks and traditional financial institutions for support uh, of these projects. So, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hello, Aaron, are you there? Aaron, Craig, welcome to glad the show. To, hi, Craig. Glad to be here. So let's uh let's start this discussion with a very basic um we've got communities with broadband projects, and they may be run by the communities, they may be run by a local regional telecom. Uh, or any sort of combination of entities coming together. And the big issue is, you know, how do we get money to fund what could be a five or ten, fifteen million dollar project? If folks wanted to go to a bank or a you know traditional financial institution, um, how likely is this to be successful? You know what? What are your thoughts? Because you gave a very good presentation in Kansas City, and I think it opened people, a lot of people's eyes to this pro, to this possibility. And so, you know, what 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 are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, Craig, I've I've been involved with uh, uh, financing these projects for about a year and a half now, and uh, here I'm. Uh, our Stern Brothers is an investment firm headquartered in St. Louis. I'm uh, based in the Chicago office, and have been involved with uh, financing primarily uh, in the Midwest. Uh, we're working with uh, one private provider in a pretty high-profile public-private partnership here uh, in Chicago and elsewhere, which uh, involves a build-out for uh, uh, University of Chicago and the surrounding community in Chicago. And uh, when, we, when, when we first looked at this opportunity, 
uh, our strategy was exactly as what you just described. Could we go to local banks, uh, come up with a with a collateral package and a financing package to make that work? And we we had some ideas uh, to make that happen. And in in practice, it's far more difficult uh, than it, it it really seems at first, or maybe it does seem difficult at first. But uh, as you know, uh, a lot of these a lot of these initiatives require some degree of equity to get off the ground, and equity is very very hard to find for even the very best of projects. And 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 while once the once the infrastructure is built out, uh, revenues generally look pretty good. There, there's good cash flow, particularly if, if your partners give you demand aggregation and, and so forth, and if you've got good operators. But um, getting the, the buy-in of local financial institutions is, is important, still probably the best place to go, but it all depends on the strength of your contracts. And, 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 and the collateral package for this kind of stuff is... Is, is difficult for traditional lenders. One, because it, you know, frankly, it's just difficult ripping it out of the ground or, or taking possession of it or, or finding an alternative use. That's the last thing that a lender really wants to do. Um, and, and there's still a lot of, uh, of overhang with the experience that uh, Fiber Buildout has had uh, in the early 2000s. So as an asset class for traditional lenders, it's it's just not at the top of their at uh, the top of their wish list in what is still a very challenging lending environment. So what we did is we we first looked at how can we make the actual uh, service contracts and user contracts as strong as possible, uh, preferably with uh, with with anchors. And in this particular arrangement, it's uh, a public-private partnership with uh, with the University of Chicago and surrounding communities. And the idea was that both sides, the private developer and the and the university would bootstrap each other, uh, providing in-kind services, rights of way for, in the case of the university, uh, and most importantly, demand aggregation guarantees that a certain percentage of the user group would actually uh, would actually subscribe. And 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 to make those contracts as strong as possible, you want you want almost the equivalent of absolute triple net lease type type payments for for true financeability. In the real world, real difficult getting there. It's not. Um, it's not impossible, and we've come up with, I think, some innovative ways to, to take a service contract and, and make it as strong as possible. But if you don't have them, um, uh, getting traditional financing from, I'd say, non-bond sources and local banks, lo- local banks in particular, is pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say service contracts, we are you referring to the contracts between the organization building the network and potential subscribers? Or is this the contract between the organization and the bank or the the financial group? It's between the subscribers, the the, the end users, and the uh, and the operator. So, so it, it's really the it's really the the document that provides uh, top end revenues into the company, uh, which which is we're looking for stable sorts of cash flows that we can finance against. Ah, okay. And so therein is why the nature of these contracts or subscriptions or whatever is viable because that becomes, in essence, the collateral. Because other than the wire and the ground, what else do you have besides the customers? Oh, right, right. I mean, it, it really is cash flow lending. And and if you've got a central purpose uh, and, and, and a good public-private partnership, good anchor tenants, and, all, and in some cases you get pretty good pre-sales, uh, from 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 end users, then yeah, you 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 have an ability. Particularly once you've got it, it's a classic chicken and egg. But but once you've got operational history, 
then the financing actually is quite quite readily available uh, for this kind of thing. But but our concept, really for 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 a startup type financing, was let's see if we can get one anchor. Um, it, maybe we can give them uh, price concessions or, or or some other structural type features in in that contract to make it financeable. And in this particular case. Um, it, it, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the optimal thing to do, but in other cases that we're looking at, uh, it can work out. So uh, it, it, it's possible, but it depends on the anchor tenant and, frankly, getting in there as quickly as possible, early as possible, and setting expectations among both the, the, the clients and the operator. And when you say getting in there, in there to the market or in there to the bank uh, to the bankers. In there, both in, into the bankers, and when you've got uh, a potential public-private partnership arrangement uh, incubating, the, the 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 earlier you can talk about how the financing is going to actually drive the, the the contractual basis of the company, the better. Now okay. there are there are a number of different toolbox, a number of different tools in the toolbox. No one really creates anything new in finance. The only thing that really is new is applying them properly and oftentimes mixing and matching these tools in the toolbox in new and innovative ways. But everything that we've, we've looked at and are doing successfully is, is really just a combination of, uh, of everything that is there before. And that can involve bonds. It can involve bank financing. Sometimes it's old-fashioned equity, and there are many innovative ways to get that old-fashioned equity, which you mentioned pr- just before we started, Craig. Crowdfunding is something that we mm-hmm. looked into. Uh, there are a number of what I'd say uh, uh, innovative private equity type sources that are providing essentially very, very junior bridge loans uh, for one or two years in order to build out the network. That money's not cheap, but uh, it can be available in many, many circumstances. Purchase order financing is, a, is, is another avenue that we've looked at. Any way that you can creatively monetize an income stream, provided that income stream is essential, uh, and, and, and it's with a, a borrower that at least local lenders understand and already are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. How important is the uh, the team of folks that are going to run this project? Because my um, area of expertise, long before community broadband, has been uh, marketing uh, consulting to high tech companies. And as such, you know, I'm very familiar with the typical Silicon Valley. Uh, criteria that you know they look at the product or that you know it's being created, and they look at the market, but they really look at the team, the the management team for the project. So you know, relatively speaking, you know, you're talking about the the potential for the cash flow has to be solid. But where does the 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 strength of the management team come into play? It it it's it, it's critical. Um, we've seen uh, a couple of of instances in, uh, in, in in rural areas where you have an operator that's had some experience, uh, they've done some local municipal build-outs, and they're, they're trying to expand in other rural areas of a given state. That's a good springboard, um, and it's still really, really tough. Uh, there, there, there was one, one financing program that pretty much up until just last year was financed with just more and more equity. And there, there wasn't even grant money in their capital structure. And, you know, uh, kudos to them. They, they got it done. And then they eventually got some, some debt financing. But they already had operations. But that kind of, that, that kind of experience, both 
operational experience and frankly political experience uh, working with, with with various constituent groups is is is, is going to make or break you. Um, you know that there's just the, the the large telcos just haven't responded quickly enough. Um, a, a lot of the a lot of the discussions, when particularly with public private partnerships, are with are, are with lesser uh, lesser known operators. Some are even startups and. You've just got to be able to know the lay of the land, not only in closing business, but every time. And, and we've been there as financial advisor too, with with, with some of the um, uh, uh, public counterparties that, that are looking for partners, private partners, and they 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 want to know what your past experience is, what you're doing now, and and then what kind of capital you can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this makes a lot of sense, and it's interesting that you mentioned the. Uh, political aspect of it, because I think that private sector companies in particular uh, are are maybe less in not less experienced or less uh, familiar with some of the political issues. I know that early on in, in this radio show, um, when I started broadcasting a year and a somewhat ago, uh, some some of the private sector companies would talk about you know one of their shortcomings with a with a lack of political understanding. But they obviously have partnered with the municipality, and so the municipality side fought some of the, you know, dealt with some of the political issues. But at the same time, you know, again, again, coming back to your point, you know, political savvy has got to be a part of this uh, team as well as their, you know, their business sense, I would imagine. Well, let me give you, uh, let me give you just a a war story, if if you will. And it, it, I've, 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 been spending a lot of my time going through uh, various political, local political processes, and you know it all comes down to a philosophical debate. If, if you're really talking about uh, a model where a city or municipality owns the network or operates the network, or or even is uh, an equal partner in a public-private partnership, in-kind services, or what have you, um, the, the 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 private operator. Is always looking for access to to low cost capital, obviously, and 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 they need uh, a municipal entity to help them with access to the capital markets. And one model, and it was it was it was well conceived, but it just it's just the political process can be different, and and the decision has to be made in each locality, and and that and that discussion has to be made local, philosophically. What's the relationship between business and the private sector? Um, is it is it desired? Is it politically palatable to the constituents in that area? And we all have different personal uh, experiences and philosophies on how that does, but that has to be decided by the people, locality by locality. And the model was in a rural state where we had a rural broadband operator and was rolling out a program using a very innovative, little-known uh, federal program for uh, access that would that would give private companies access to tax exempt debt, provided that a municipality would sign on, issue the debt on their behalf, tax exempt, and then loan it to the private operator. And in fact, the the, the municipality would be on the hook credit wise for for that debt. Um, so it was uh, it, it was a good program and really really inexpensive cost of capital. But this had to be approved. Uh, by by every participating county that could participate in this program, and it, it obviously took many many months. Uh, it had to be decided one county board at a time, 
and each one had a great deal of analysis, local press coverage, uh, and the the lessons learned from that story is if there's not a willingness uh, and enthusiasm up front, then, then shut it down and, 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 and go find other tools in the toolbox to get you there. And there are ways to get you there, but oftentimes what happens is you have many you know, good intention, polite discussions, and then perhaps the, the private operator will be called to do a feasibility study at their expense and other things at their expense, all necessary costs of doing businesses, of course. But through uh, the, the political process, many of these, of these local bodies will, will simply opt not to do it. So the case in this particular instance was oh, after about a year and a half, after about 30 counties that really could participate in, in access to this low-cost tax-exempt debt, there were really just, you know, I think two or three that actually signed on and did it uh, with this kind of guaranteed uh, public-private partnership. And and in hindsight, uh, could could we have actually accelerated that process or perhaps uh, taken different directions to get other counties involved in uh, in other building blocks? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, going going through that process, I think you you, you can go pretty quickly is if there's going to be public support for you or not. Mm-hmm. Don't so that, don't that, push it if it doesn't work. Right. So at some point, um, as with many of these projects related to broadband, the depth of community support uh, is going to be key, and that should not be confused with the amount of, uh, say, financial support because they're they're both important. You know, whether you get subscribers, whether you get an anchor institution that's going to be a major tenant on the on the network. I mean, that's clearly important, but there also needs to be supporting that a general groundswell of um, of community support because otherwise the politics start to get funky and then the deal I'm sure itself will start to get a little squirrely if the politics start to go sideways. That's uh, that that that's often the case, and 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 you may disagree with the political process if you're working through this sort of thing, but it's a it's a legitimate process, and I've always had great respect for the process itself, and mm-hmm. it often it, 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 it its outcome is not uh, generally uh, rarely consistent with what what is important from a, a, a private sector operator and even what makes economic sense, but. Um, that that's just the nature of the beast. So when you can get access to to public capital and you've got the right you've got the right constituencies publicly and, and frankly you've got the right political leadership, uh, then it's a wonderful thing. And there are many many instances in the United States where where that has in fact been the case. But in in other cases, I mean, there's almost no one that that will deny that 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 having high speed broadband is an important economic driver. Uh, but if the if if you just don't have the political resources and leadership, then you got to find another way to do it. And there are other other ways to do it. Um, and it mm-hmm. doesn't always have to be financial support, demand aggregation, and, and having uh, having the ability for community leaders, uh, political leaders, to to open doors to big businesses, to big anchor tenants in particular areas, can be very very valuable. Um, it, it probably does require some equity uh, in, in those in those kinds of instances, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it can't be done. Uh, mm-hmm. There are many many innovative ways to find equity and uh, and, and some of the sub debt and I'd say launch capital to get you going. Mm-hmm. So let's talk now in terms of um, 
the book. So, you know, I wrote the book, and the idea was to give folks a grounding in key things they need to do to get their project off the ground. It's not a tech book. It doesn't go into a lot of the, you know, even the, the financial costs, um, you know, uh, determining what your costs are going to be and that kind of thing. I'll probably be subject for another book. But I wanted to, you know, give folks an idea of the ways in which these projects can be run and then talk a little bit about some of the ways in which they can be financed. And so what I want to talk about now is some of those um, models and then from your experience and observation, you know, what might the strategy be to, um, you know, to, to put together some sort of package that a bank may uh, go into. Now, the first two um, models uh, kind of, some people might look at them as the same, but there's one issue in which the city or town itself via the, you know, the city council or the IT department or somewhere within the city structure proper owns and runs the network. Um, and then there is the other option in which the, the public utility may own and operate the network. So my first question would be, is there a difference in, you know, in your bank pursuit strategy if you are, you know, a city-owned project versus a utility-owned project? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, a banker or any financial lender for that matter will we'll look at these as really quite two different animals. And uh, there will be a, a, a bias toward a utility-owned network, uh, in my opinion, uh, rather than a, a municipally-owned net network. And the reason for that is uh, operations and execution. Um, ah, you know, I okay. Mean, you know, I mean, certainly we, we all know about the experience of Chattanooga, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it, it's, been, uh, it, it's been successful. Uh, and it, it, it makes sense because there, there's already those key operating competencies. And frankly, if you're a utility, uh, a broadband extension and a rollout is, is not that far of a stretch. Um, so if you can if you can do that, and, and, I, and we'll, we'll talk about co-ops in, in a minute, which is really quite mm -hmm. similar, but very very natural fit, and it, it really is. You've got so much of the infrastructure already there. Uh, you know how to bill, you know how to track. Uh, you've got you've got engineering capa capabilities. Uh, you've got the whole infrastructure there, as opposed to uh, on on the straight municipally owned network model. Uh, you've you've got to be able to have the 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 the, the staff and continuity of management uh, to manage that public network. And not not to say that can't happen. There's 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 plenty of public networks in operation uh, for for some time, and they can do good business. But you know the fact is a public entity is not a private entity, and there's always the uh, always the chance that there's going to be a different uh, type of leadership. The, the incentives for management are different, and, uh, and, and there's always the danger of politicization. And, and from a lending perspective, uh, you generally go with what you know. So there, as I said, there will be a clear bias uh, for having some kind of local utility uh, owning and operating that, that network. Mm -hmm. Okay, then let's pursue the public utility. So if I'm a public utility... Um, I've made the decision, or the community's made the decision, and we want to go forward with the broadband network. What do I do to prep for this thing? What uh, what kind of plan? What kind of 
Well, you tell me. You're <laughs> you know this obviously much better than I do. Well, um, without getting into the engineering uh, aspects of this, I mean, to do the kind of planning, the wonderful thing about an existing uh, service provider is they know they know where all the infrastructure is buried. Uh, they know demand patterns and, and usages. Um, they 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 know how their customers pay. They know the lumpiness of um, of customers in a in a geographic area. So they're they're the the first thing they're going to do is is do a, a needs analysis, uh, then a technological capability analysis, um, an engineering study, demand feasibility, which they which which they're all kind of monitoring anyway for whatever their existing utility service is. But again, it's not that big of a stretch. Um, engineering wise. Uh, there, there are some different competencies. Obviously, if, if you're going to, uh, you know, broadband with, with some of the wireless capabilities, but there, you know, there that that gap, if, if you don't have those competencies, can easily be filled. Uh, and then you've got, you've you've just got the sheer ability to manage your 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 capital structure and your build out because you're doing it already. Uh, mm-hmm. So so much of it's in house, and and the decisions can be made very very well. Typical uh, with uh, public utilities is. They they also have very very good uh, interactions with their local regulatory framework, uh, the, the 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 political framework both locally and at the state level. Um, if they need to to educate a political decision maker either either directly or through a, a lobbying perspective, they know how to do that, uh, and they and they know the right resources to call on. They can do it very very quickly. So once that's all done. Uh, they're just they're just much able to present uh, a, a very uh, uh, cogent financing package to, if not their existing investors, then they 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 can go to someone like us and and we can broaden the investor base. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the trick is not trick, but the the thing is you take and leverage your knowledge of all of these things uh, to then be able to present a logical package with some credibility behind it. Absolutely. I mean, if I if I went and, and, we, and we do this, in fact, uh, we can get census tract data. Uh, we can do demand studies. Uh, we 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 can get uh, specialized databases that 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 we pay for. But we we get a sense of of what infrastructure is already there, what we need to actually provide a certain service to uh, to, to a certain level of capacity. Um, but it, it, it's expensive and it takes us a long time, and we still. I've only scratched the service. If you're already there doing business in that service area, uh, billing, you've already got that infrastructure. You you already know far more than 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 what the numbers are going to tell someone like us. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing should... it. We're 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 mm-hmm. we're, we're doing uh, these kinds of studies with our clients for new market tax credits, for example, which can be very viable. Uh, uh, equity replacement uh, in, in areas that, that that qualify for new market tax credits. Mm-hmm. So now, how about if I'm uh, the the city government? Now I know from talking to a lot of folks, the you know city IT department or the finance staff as being the um, the driver behind these projects or the owner of these projects, I think is maybe becoming less of a um, I don't know, a, a trend, if you will, uh, because we had Santa Monica, Wilson, North Carolina. You know, those are examples of communities that owned the network and moved forward, and their IT, IT department ran it. Now, the thing is, though, 
um, not every small town has its uh, own utility. So if a utility, so if a comp- if a town says, okay, well then since we don't have a public utility, we're going to move forward anyway, and we want to be the owners of the network. What would they do different in their run up to going after uh, traditional institutions? Well, that's going to depend upon the um, uh, the, the 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 assets and the you know the 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 quality of the staff in a particular municipality. Um, Santa Monica, you know the 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 IT talent uh, of, of of people in that area, uh, it's a pretty deep bench. Uh, some municipalities really probably should should carefully evaluate: do they want to fill out that bench? Uh, and is that is, is is that just something that they that they want to do in house? Um, it's it, it really is geographically and um, uh, I guess asset rich based on on what on what you're going to you have to assess your your what you've got and then where you need to be there. Uh, in many cases, a public private partnership is probably the only solution uh, for 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 a lot of folks. Um, I, mm-hmm. I would say that you know a a, a homegrown deep bench, uh, publicly operated uh, is 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 a, is, a, is a luxury more than than something which which most people are going to be able to achieve. That's just again that's just my opinion, but that's also what we're seeing, and and that trend seems to be going more toward either a public private partnership model or, or or some way where they can where they can leverage either a co-op or a utility or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So now, um, this might be a good time. Just I know uh, on my list of business models, there's a couple other things that come before this. But let's talk about the um, the the, the, co- the uh, public-private partnership, right? And those I, I I put into a couple of categories. Probably one of the more popular ones is the city will build the infrastructure, and the private sector company will come in and provide services across the infrastructure. Another I think popular public-private partnership option is that the two come together and they both own the asset and they both have a hand in delivering services. Um, I, and I think uh, Hiawatha Broadband is an example. I think they they do both. They they run their own networks for communities, but they have also done uh, the the joint ownership approach as well. And I think they have some strong feelings about both, but. From your perspective, looking at the um, city-owned infrastructure, private sector provides the services across the infrastructure. How does that team go forth and pursue traditional financing or institutions? Well, a, um, uh, a, 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 a publicly owned infrastructure, which is then, uh, you know, and, and preferably open access and, and, and then used by, by, by private operators, is, is a very, very strong model. Um, mm-hmm. It it, it 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 guarantees you access to capital. Uh, it 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 generally puts most of the economics that's on the table uh, in favor of the uh, of, of the public body, and and sometimes and, and for public bodies that can actually um, uh, create an RFP process, uh, put their resources in order where where they do that and then uh, negotiate uh, in bulk with one or more providers is is great. And we've, we've seen some of that too, uh, by personal experience, not, a, not on the broadband side. I haven't, have, I haven't actually completed one of those models yet, but I've seen it uh, in, uh, in solar energy, for example, uh, providing a publicly owned solar network, which 
was 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 financed by the municipality and then uh, set through an RFP process and then negotiated to uh, uh, you know provide power with other operators. If you don't like the operator, you have step-in rights. Uh, you, have, you have the ability to to change management. You have a nice oversight capability, obviously, without managing it your, your, yourself. Um, really, really nice position to be in. Again, that's not without its political considerations. Uh, you need to have uh, a credit rating that, that makes sense, so you indeed have access to capital and want to do it. Uh, the, the, the public body clearly is still in a risk uh, position in that case, but it, it, it's very, very strong, very, very effective, um, and I think I think works well for for both the, for both the private operators that that are working in partnership with the with, with the public owners. Um, but even that, like I said, that can that that can be a difficult mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So so strong political so strong political capital is definitely a a piece of the action, and um, I would assume that uh, you have to demonstrate the ability for this partnership to be successful. It's sort of like you don't want to have a rocky marriage or a rocky, you know, uh, engagement process if you expect this thing to be successful. So I'm assuming that the bank's going to look at, you know, how well do these two entities mesh? But then my probably my next question after, or my thought after that would be, well, then how would they know, you know, whether or not this is going to be a, a successful marriage, if you will? Any Any thoughts on that? Sure. Well, you know, every, every every business venture is not without risk, and 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 back to and back to your first question, you know, if I if I'm a lender, if I had a choice of two models versus a a clear cut public ownership and then contracted out to private operation versus a joint ownership, uh, you know, clearly. Uh, some some kind of shared ownership or, or or some of these hybrid models, from a lending perspective, just add more variables into uh, into your decision, right? If I'm mm-hmm. a, if I'm a lender, all things being equal, uh, I I want to have a very very clear sense of ownership, and 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 while the hybrid models you know, certainly have have legal documents which which govern how they interact with each other. How they how they remedy disputes and so forth. Uh, any of those kinds of things is certainly more complicated. It's probably going to end up uh, producing a higher cost of capital or, or just or limited amounts of capital. Both work if, if they work within the you know political ecosystem. Fantastic, it gets it done. Uh, but you know if you can if you can get to the point where you have very clear ownership and and who is really is making the decision. In the event of dispute, or that there is non-performance by one party or, or another, well, from from a lending perspective, uh, you know, having 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 public ownership with an RFP process is very very strong. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't and that doesn't always have to be done through bonds. I mean, then you can mm-hmm. from from what I've seen in the energy space, it's been done with bonds. And even that was that 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 wasn't a slam dunker. Uh, there was there there was a lot of work there, and all the stars had to had to align, which they did. But that that took some time. Um, we're we're actually looking to apply it uh, to a broadband model in, in a couple of areas, by the way, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a real problematic. All, all all documents work well throughout the state, and and you let the counties pick pick and choose, primarily in the rural areas. So, when typically um, these entities, whether it's the public utility or it's a public-private partnership, going 
to a financial institution, is our bonds the the tool of choice, if you will, to make this work? Or are they looking for conventional loans? Or, or maybe I should come back and say, are bonds the norm, and should that be the like the vehicle that you sort of try and figure out how to make work in this pursuit of banks? Well, uh, bonds are uh, are certainly the, the the lowest cost capital. Uh, they're they're they they can be issued very efficiently. And any kind of, of operator that, that is looking for public help, that thinks they can get some public help in a public-private partnership, be it broadband infrastructure, some kind of community complex, student housing, whatever it may be, uh, the, the first inclination is let's see if we can get a government guarantee. And, uh, you know, from, from, from experience, that is clearly the exception more than the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so bonds are... Are, are good from what I've seen, you know, for particularly for the for, for, for the smaller type projects where, you know, it's just you you don't have a good credit or perhaps there's there's just not enough critical mass. It's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, there there are other ways of doing it. I like I like a nice uh, combination of some bank financing, uh, some 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 bridge loan financing. New market tax credits can be can be very 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 helpful in many cases um, and. And, and working with more local lenders who who, who can get you jump started, uh, but in many cases there's just no substitute for for some party, somebody taking the risk in the transaction, and it's not going to be the lender. You know, it's either going to be uh, a, a parent, uh, a municipality, an equity provider, a quasi equity provider, or, or or some kind of uh, you know quasi public private partnership. We've mm-hmm. l- l- let me give you an interesting case study. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but no, in, in, in the in the in the real world, things change. You know, we we started out in Chicago, for example, with a uh, a public private partnership with University of Chicago's anchor tenant, and we were going to go around and then do some pre-sales and 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 use uh, the, the 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 great publicity that this project has gotten via. The university, city of Chicago, even even at the governor's office here in Illinois, and we said, with with all of this goodwill and all of this intention and demand aggregation, let's structure these service contracts or some of these service contracts as very strongly as possible, so they are in effect financeable. And as time went on, the the preference of the anchors was, we can't really give this to you. It's just it's too much. Where this is, this is going to have to really be discussed at, at the highest levels, and it, it's just it's just something which we're really not ready to do. Can we'll we'll provide in-kind service, we'll we'll provide other forms of demand aggregation, but we can't do it. So what we what we did is over the past six or seven months, the whole idea just morphed, and all the while because we had a good operator, they 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 still went forward, kept kept the kept the publicity going, kept progress reports going, kept good relationships with the major anchors uh, and in the entire political co- constituency and have been pre-selling and really building this thing. So when it does come to the time of funding, what have we done? We've really remorphed it. Uh, we've been very, very creative with the use of new market tax credits. We've been very, very creative and aggressive with getting in some equity to, to, to bridge uh, a gap that we do have. But relative to the size of the project, it's not bad. Return on equity is really, really good. Um, and then and then you can layer on some, some, some bank debt a little bit on. But what does it do? It gets it going. And once it's going, 
once you've got once you've got a core community going, uh, a lot of these a lot of these projects really have have revenue and cash flows like a hockey stick, uh, particularly mm-hmm. if you've got a good operator and 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 the right uh, and, and and the right customers. And in this particular case, it's right. And, and every every instance is, is is different. So you really just have to look at what you got and then put the building blocks in the right order in in the right configuration to make it work. And sometimes it's not obvious, and sometimes it's going to change. And we've completely changed. Now we're now we're really financing this with with, with equity and quasi equity to begin with, utilizing our technology to to maximize revenue. And then once this thing starts going, uh, we'll we'll incrementally incrementally do financing. It's going to be some banks, it's going to be some purchase order financing, and and so forth, and some vendor financing. I mean that that's very important as well. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got if you've got critical equipment. Where your, your your vendor can give you a ten or fifteen percent discount, or or uh, or some, sometimes it's 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 free service or free maintenance for a while, anything to get the thing built, because it's in their it's in their best interest to, to have a long term contract. That makes a big difference, and you put all those pieces together, and it may not be the whole Cadillac that you wanted to have coming out of the garage on day one. But you, you're 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 starting with a pretty darn good Vespa, <laughs> which is moving, and then you turn it into a Cadillac, you know, within 24 months. Mm-hmm. Let's look at um, several of the other options that are that are in the book. One is co-ops, right? And I realize there are a variations on the co-op. You know, a community can create a co-op from scratch just to deal with the broadband issue. There can be a telephone co-op. There can be an electric co-op. In the general category of cooperatives. How does this, you know, dash for bank cash work or could work? Co-ops are very strong. Um, there certainly is, is is great success and precedent. There's many co-ops all over the country. Uh, an existing co-op taking on a, a broadband build-out obviously is stronger than than setting up your own co-op. But 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 even setting up your own co-op means that there is there is willpower. There is an ability to commit resource. There is a willingness to put assets at risk, uh, perhaps a claim on, on tax revenues. And there, there may be, you know, that someone is, is actually thinking this through and getting the right people to do it. Co-ops are great, uh, both as off-takers and as demand aggregators. Uh, there, are, there, there are many, many varied financing sources for them, uh, many which include bonds, but banks Banks like institutions. They like to lend to institutions that, that have a certain statutory authority to, to form. Their, once, once, once they're formed, they have good management, and they have some kind of operational efficiency and discipline. Uh, that, that can be very, very strong. On the, on the flip side, uh, there, there's, there, there's certainly a lot of work and administrative work uh, and, and, and effort to get something like that done. You need good business support. You need... You need a lot of your local business leaders to provide the kind of impetus to get that going. But uh, we really like co-ops, uh, and we've seen some very, very successful programs done with them. And you know, t- to the extent that, that people can get the right resources to do it, it's great. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now, one of the um, things that is taking uh, shape, are cases in which either, uh, in the case of, say, San Leandro, where a local business which has has money to, to spare and it's in their best interest to have better broadband, went out and paid for building the network and then partnered with the city 
to build a, a public-private partnership to expand the original build-out. Uh, you've got the Google case of, um, you know, they're coming in and they're building uh, Kansas City's network. Corning built a network for, um, oh, what was it, uh, several counties in upstate New York. Now, the difference between San Leandro and the latter two, uh, Google and Corning, is the size of the business, right? So in San Leandro, it's a, it's a relatively small business, half a billion dollars yeah. kind yeah. of thing. How strong is the is the project then if you get a business person or maybe even a group of business people to come in and say, look, we're going to fund X amount of percent of this network? Then they want to go out to a bank and get the rest for rapid expansion or whatever. It's a, it, it's a clearly a viable model. Uh, it, 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 in many respects, it's one of these public-private partnerships that I, I talked about a few minutes ago where, you know, when you have a lot of money left on the table, you've got a certain amount of economics of, of the pie. And if, and if the initiative is controlled by the public body, then those economics are generally retained by the public body and then passed through in, 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 the, in the form of lower service charges for, for end users. If you're in a situation where you, you have a large private operator uh, really be behind that initiative and, and make that happen and then, and then work through a public-private partnership, fantastic. Uh, not everyone has, has, has those kind of resources. It's the right timing. Uh, and even in the case of Corning, which does wonderful, wonderful things, always has done historically for for its neighboring counties and, and areas in upstate New York, there, there's just not enough corporate resources available. So if you can get your, if you can get your, uh, you know, mini Google or whatever you would want to call it involved, mm -hmm. that's great. However, how, however, uh, in those kinds of instances, uh, you do run the risk of the the the, the counterparty the public party in, in that partnership not always getting the economics that they could. Uh, do they have the right negotiating experience and stance against, let's say, a well-funded corporate provider? Those are, those are the things that, that you just have to be uh, wary of. And it can, it can work out very, very fine. And oftentimes it's to everyone's benefit, and certainly the, the, the private company's benefit, because they, they, they have a project which hopefully is profitable, uh, it probably has externalities in terms of providing higher educated uh, employees for them and in different ways for them to expand locally uh, in, in ancillary type businesses. All good. But it's, it, it's a model that is great if you have the right um, uh, resources there and endowments. Uh, if, you, if you don't have it, then okay, it, it's, probably, it's probably not in your best interest. And if you are looking at putting together something like that, just be sure that uh, the negotiation, be sure you, uh, both parties need to understand what they're doing in negotiation. And, and obviously mm -hmm. the, best, mm -hmm. the best deals are where people share equally based on the risk that they're putting into it. Right. So um, I'm trying to think of some of the other, uh, one of some of the other options. Actually, I don't think I wrote about this in my book, but I did ask you this question in Chicago which uh, I'm sorry, in Kansas City, which is um, what would be the impact of a community in whichever of these business models it, it uses 
to go to a local bank or maybe even a local credit union um, and get, say, if the network costs, you know, a million dollars, they go to a local bank and say, will you put up, um, you know, 200000 as as seed to, to show, like, seriousness of intent by the community, and then you go off to a larger, larger bank. Um, is this a good thing? Is this a great thing? Where, you know, where does that kind of tactic play in? Uh, so, as I understand, what what the proposition would be is uh, a local body goes to a local lender and says, "Will you not just lend, but but actually put some kind of an at risk stake as as seed capital here, uh, so we so we can build upon it?" Um, a lender is generally, uh, in, particularly if you're a regulated bank, uh, is one where they're not really taking ec- equity risk. Mm-hmm. Um, they they will they. They will lend and make exceptions to lending rules if there is a community benefit, obviously, which they can get credit for because you know, CRA is important and, and banks need to be able to, to give back to the community. Often that's done in the process of making loans that either are marginally more risky, a little bit outside of their box, or they have reduced margins. Um, but uh, for a, a local bank to actually take uh, a a true risk position is unlikely, uh, but they but 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 what they can do is they 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 certainly can stretch um, accounts receivable lending for for example some kind of asset based lending on on good anchor tenants creative ways for a bank to help creative ways for a bank's board of directors to open doors with other businesses uh, providing demand aggregation in particular. Uh, that can be that can be very beneficial. Getting mm-hmm. community leaders as seed investors that can be beneficial, uh, and then and then helping any way they can within their regulatory lending limits. Right. Uh, by the way, one of the one of the audience uh, asked, "What's a CRA?" Uh, community Reinvestment Act. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes. Many, many, and, and we, we we see this everywhere. But but banks uh, really are statutorily incented. They 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 get credits for 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 providing uh, e- economic assistance uh, in their communities, and that's that that's that that's really a, a part of their bank charter. And CRA considerations are very very important in in many many projects that we see and that often is the reason why the deal gets done and a deal doesn't get done so so having CRA uh, considerations in mind with your local lending institution is is important but it's not just a gimme it, it's something which you have to see how what they can actually bring to the table and then how you can build things around it but it's valuable mm-hmm. um. So let me give you another example. Let me let me okay, just just on that thought, just an important example. Uh, back to new market tax credits. New market tax credits are uh, have have been around for a number of years. They get they they get renewed by Congress every year. New market tax credits for 2013 were uh, were, were renewed, I believe, in March. Uh, and and while they are very very complicated transactions to put together, a uh, lot of paperwork. When you get these these tax credits, you can. A private operator gets this this money. You can use it for pretty much any any purpose you want, and it's. I, I don't like to use the word free money. I don't like to use the word off balance sheet, but it's it's about as close as uh, as free money as you can get 
next to a grant. And and while it, it's difficult to get, it it's just it's often worth the effort in in those situations which can use it. Now the the, the proviso here is banks and large lending institutions are often the entities that make the make the tax credit money available. They take the tax credits. Uh, the actual proceeds comes from these large institutions, and it's it, it can be anywhere from the, the max is 39% of the of the investment amount after fees and so forth. You can net it's probably about 25%. So it, it it doesn't completely fund a project, but it's it's very very important. It's a good chunk of money, but you've got this you, you've got this proviso where that that money can be taken back over a period of, ten, of, of seven years. And if you're a senior lender uh, that's in the capital structure for, for, a, pro, for a project, um, you, you don't necessarily have a perfected security interest uh, as long as those tax credits are outstanding. So you have a forbearance issue. The way to get that done, the way to get that done is you work with a lender that will lend into that structure. And oftentimes it's the same bank or correspondent bank that actually provided the tax credits itself. And and oftentimes, why would a bank lend into that structure? Well, CRA considerations are very, very important to that. That's all I wanted to say there. Mm-hmm. So we've got about uh, six minutes or so left. We should probably talk about some of the downsides of, of this approach, going after financial institutions. You know, you mentioned it before off-air, before that, you know, there are some there are some dangers here. What are a couple that people should keep top of mind? Uh, dangers working with the uh, with 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 the traditional institutional lenders. Is that that's what you're asking? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the 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 considerations uh, are that their their lending flexibility is extremely limited. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's a truly risky project, they're not in the business to take risk. They're in the business to leverage off. Uh, lendable collateral. So, if you don't have it, then you have to do some fancy footwork. The other, the other consideration with a lot of these uh, institutional programs uh, is they are paperwork and legal intensive. You need the right professional staff, technical staff, uh, to be sure that the financing is papered properly, that it's compliant, and that will ultimately be successful and funds will be dispersed. Uh, the other consideration is that fees can be expensive. Um, if, 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 if it gets the money, then the consideration is not necessarily in the absolute amount of those fees. The consideration is: Are you paying? Are you getting your money's worth? And are those fees reasonable relative to what what other projects are, are experiencing? Uh, those are the real considerations. And 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 in my experience in working with people. It doesn't matter if you're if, if you're doing economic development and broadband or real estate projects or whatnot. You can be a great technical specialist. You can be a great real estate developer. You can be a visionary. You can be a politician. You you can be a great communicator. But if you don't understand the financial language, if you can't communicate well with a financial type, don't give them. The, the, the financial projections that they're typically used to seeing in the right format, uh, then get someone that can that, that can represent you well because it just can waste so much time. I've seen it many, many times over with, 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 with people that are extremely competent in their areas, but they're, they're, it's, finance just may not be one of them. And if it's mm-hmm. not, then you need a partner. Uh, and that's, 
that can just it, it, it can keep you going down from from roads which ultimately are dead ends, and it can certainly speed up your your, your process and, and fix your expectations from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, how does one find such a talent without getting um, uh, short chains or worse? Word of mouth, Re- referrals uh, are always the best way to go. Um, if mm-hmm. you, uh, if, if if there's someone that that's spearheading this, uh, let's say on behalf of uh, of a of a public body, then you need to get one of the one of the local elders, uh, a good business leader, perhaps to to take that initiative. If you're an entrepreneurial broadband provider that's trying to get a project funded or expand your your scope of services into new markets. Uh, and if you're, you're you're very good on the sales and marketing side, then you need to have a good CFO. Or if you don't, uh, then you need to you, you need to find out partners in your area that that can help you communicate your 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 story. And and the communication is very specific. Uh, we we really want to look at at good numbers, good projections, what if scenarios, discounted what if scenarios, and 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 a knowledge of the, of, of the legal structure. Mm-hmm. But referral sources are key. All of our business is really through referral sources. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, probably the best uh, endorsement you can possibly get. Um, so, in, in conclusion, here in our last two minutes, um, you know, I'm a big champion of anything that can work to get these broadband projects move forward. Uh, how seriously should we take the, you know? Chasing after banks and financial institutions—it's a long road to hoe, and yet, should we be doing it? Does it make sense? Is a good? Is a time well spent? The answer is yes. It's it, it's serious. It, it's a it's a very very important function of of anyone's capital structure. It may not be it may not be achievable for a variety of reasons that we discussed. They could be political. They could be organizational. Simply may be that uh, that the project just doesn't have the right endowments, the right assets to leverage off. Uh, but it is it's clearly you have to look at all of those building blocks, determine very quickly if that's going to be accessible or is it isn't. And certainly, uh, you never burn your bridges. If if something yeah. doesn't work today, that doesn't mean 18 months from now, uh, when your access to capital has has uh, potentially greatly changed, that you then go and, and access those sources. Mm-hmm. So we should definitely uh, keep this in the toolkit of uh, strategies to try, and if at first you don't succeed, definitely try, try again. Well, you know, success at least is once simply again. Uh, going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm, right? Uh, that, that's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you do it in finance, you, you, you do it in business. That That's a Winston Churchill quote, by the way. It's not mine. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, these... Certain certain tools in your toolbox work today. They may not work tomorrow. Others are are ones that you you hope will, will use. And, and banks are always going to be an important partner for you. No question about it. Either mm-hmm. for for short term working capital needs or or term loan type things. But combination of really knowing your way around the uh, around the uh, grant availability and, and your ability to take advantage of these of, of local programs wherever you may be, and and then working in, in creative ways to to find someone to be your risk transfer partner, either through through equity or, or some kind of relatively deep-pocketed entity, is the way to go. Okay. 
Well, I thank you very, very much for your time and insights and advice. Uh, we'll probably speak again, I'm sure. Uh, you know, thank you. I much appreciate that you're here today to help us out. My pleasure, Craig. Excellent. And thank you to our audience. Uh, we will be back online again soon. Take care. Have a nice day.